Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nalema kulila misozi. Nikayanga na banjalatu. Kupadwa tinabadwa mushe Komalelo lipazulika Nikale tinakalapo okonwela Lelo eka titikumbukila kweta chokela Amai kubutika mutima Komazoji tazitoa Nimaona mitozi masomwake Nimafuto wabale nimafuto Good morning from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. It is March 28, uh, 2020. It's amazing how time is flying and uh, how the days are going. We do thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Europe. Good afternoon, Zambia. Good evening, the Western Pacific, Australia, and those parts of the world. And like we say here, good morning, America, and welcome to the show. Today's broadcast, both on my segment and open forum, uh, is completely dedicated to uh, the coronavirus pandemic or COVID-19, as you may want to call it, because there's a lot of things surrounding uh, this issue or this situation. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at a few things and uh, trying to just assess the situation of what is going on. No one has been spared. No country has been spared. We don't know what is going on in the Antarctica or Arctic world there, Roger, but uh, I'm sure we shall work out today as we get into this discussion. Okay, good morning, Canada. How are you, my friend? I'm well, Nathan. I like your starting uh, point there. No one has been spared, Nathan. No one no. has spared. Rich, mm. uh, princess, or prince, prime minister, call them what? No one. Mm-hmm. Yes. No one and has been spared. We are taking today, yes. Exactly. And you see, part of the reason that we are doing this, and that's why I, we decided to invite our, uh, the, the doctor who is our guest this morning, so that we sort of try to uh, demystify some of the things surrounding this situation. Uh, what comes to mind, Dr. Patrick and Matilda here, good morning, is when we had the AIDS situation, when, when AIDS just came on the scene. You, you remember a lot of things surrounding AIDS. You can't do this. You can, a lot of misleading information. So what we decided today is to invite uh, a member of our community, and uh, she's a medical doctor who specializes in primary care, and her and her husband, Don, they came to the, those of you, remember those of you were in Dallas, Dr. Nikomu Wanganda, husband, Don, came to Dallas at our 10th anniversary celebration, and we had a great time and everything else. So we are honored this morning from Wisconsin, uh, no, Wisconsin is the state, and Milwaukee is the, is the, 
is the city, right, Dr. Mwanga? That's correct. <laughs> I always <laughs> confuse the two. <laughs> yeah, well, she's joining us from the great city of Milwaukee, and uh, she's been working as a family physician at the Milwaukee Health Services Clinic. And uh, Dr. Mwanga, good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning to you as well, and thanks for having me. Let me begin with this question. You know, I was listening, overhearing a conversation about a, a young child and the mother talking. Um, because the place where I hang out a lot, there is a lot of TVs and it's always like on CNN, Roger. So, you know, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Um, one of the, the hosts was talking about saying pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. So the child turns to the mother and says, Mom, why is this corona thing being called a pandemic? Can we begin from there, Dr. Mwanga? Why is this being referred to as a pandemic? Absolutely. So a pandemic is when there is some sort of infectious disease that has mm -hmm. spread throughout the entire world. So it's touched multiple continents. Wow. It's considered an epidemic if it's only in a certain area. Oh. But because it's worldwide, that's why it's known as a pandemic. Okay, so that's why they say cholera epidemic, right? That's correct. Because it's just in a localized press. Okay, um, let's begin one of the other questions, which is really, I mean, like going around due to the instructions we're being given. Then in what category does the virus fall, the, the, the coronavirus fall? Airborne, waterborne disease? And let's begin from there. Sure. So coronavirus is considered what we call a droplet um, spread, meaning it takes coughing or sneezing, something that has small amounts of water that carry the virus on it. So mm -hmm. it's not truly airborne. What it means, though, is these droplets can stay in the air for up to two hours. Wow. Anytime someone coughs or sneezes. And it's usually only in about a six-foot radius. So airborne is a lot more dangerous. We think about tuberculosis as an airborne disease. Mm -hmm. Now, after about two hours, these droplets settle, and then they're on any kind of surface that you contact. In order to get infected with this virus, the virus mm -hmm. itself has to come in contact with something we call our mucous membranes, which are the, the wet linings of our body, like the inside of our nose, the inside of our mouth, our eyes. So if you reach out and you touch a surface that has the virus on it, but then you go and you wash your hands, you're not going to get coronavirus. It has okay. to come in contact with one of these surfaces in order for you to get sick. Okay, interesting. So the, 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 so a bit confusing because, you see, the thing is uh, being told to wash hands frequently. We are seeing people wearing masks. Probably what you have said is uh, uh, we can't in groups beyond a certain number. Uh, okay, so what is the significance of these rules based on what you have explained? So the washing hands is so that you can avoid getting the virus into your body. Most of us touch our face frequently throughout the day without noticing that we're doing it. And that's how you can get closer to the mouth, the nose, and the eyes. The part about wearing masks, there really hasn't been any great evidence in research that shows that wearing a mask is truly going to protect you. You'll see mm -hmm. doctors and medical personnel wearing them. But part of that is so that we don't spread the virus to other people as well. There are some people that can get the virus and not have any symptoms, or it may be very, very mild. And that's where we come into the, the next part of the question is why can't we mm -hmm. in groups? of bigger numbers. So every person that you come in contact with, you could potentially it, say you have the virus, but you don't know. Mm -hmm. You could spread that to each of those people. 
And each of those people then go to a different group of seven or ten people and spread the virus to maybe even only half. Now imagine if you're in a room of 200 people. It's much easier to spread that virus to a lot of people very fast. And that's why we're limiting or recommending limiting groups of people so that we can slow the spread of the virus. Okay. So from what clear this for me. So when we're in a group of people, even if we are not touching, can the virus, like, let me use, you know, I'm not a medical person. Can the virus jump from person to person? So the way that it would jump is if somebody coughed or sneezed or uh-huh. say, say you're the person that, that does not have symptoms, but you touch your face or your mouth and then you touch the door handle. The next okay. person that touches that door handle, if they touch their mouth or their, their eyes, they can spread it that way without any coughs or sneezes and without actually touching each other. Mm, interesting. So how, I don't know whether you address this, uh, those listening can tell me. Uh, so basically, did, how long did you say this, the virus stays alive on top of surfaces? You, I, when we say surface, basically we're also talking about utensils, right? That's correct. So in the lab studies that have been done, mm-hmm. it's been shown to stay alive on smooth surfaces like stainless steel for up to 72 hours. So that's three days. Ooh. Now, most hmm. of us going to the grocery store, we have no idea who touched the, the handle of the grocery cart or the trolley mm-hmm. within the last three hours. So my recommendation to all of my patients and to all of you is to assume that everything that you touch possibly has the virus on it. So you want to wash your hands before you touch your face and before you eat. So you Mm. can wash the virus off of your hands. Okay. Mm. That's that's an interesting uh, uh, scenario. (laughs) Yeah, Roger, Dr. Patrick, you're listening to this. This is very, very important. Okay. So let's say, for example, I'm trying to just narrow down this thing to a very practical situation. I go into a grocery store, Walmart, whatever. I pull it. Before I pull a cart, if I have, um, let me call it what? Is it baby wipes? And let me just say a sanitizer type of thing. And I wipe off the cart before I touch it. Am I good to go? Yes, you are. Okay. That sounds interesting. (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. You, you've just, you know, Roger, I'm telling you, everybody, listening to Dr. Mulanga talk here, I think I didn't really get it the way you have put it. So assume that everything you are touching has got a virus on it. Is that how we should be thinking? That's the best way to keep yourself safe. Everything All right. in the community. When you're at Every- home and it's just you by yourself and no huh. other visitors have come around, that's different. But when you're out at the grocery store or, you know, at the pharmacy, any of those situations, it's best to just Mm -hmm. assume that it's there. Okay. So when you come from somewhere and you come back into the house, the first thing or best thing to do is wash your hands, right? That is correct, yes. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right, let's continue. The other thing I recommend as well is not just washing your hands, but wash your cell phone. If you have little alcohol wipes or you can get rubbing alcohol and put it on a cloth and wipe your phone down, the phones have also been carrying this virus because we touch our phones so much and then we hold our phones to our face. Okay. That is very important. Now that you talk about the phone, it brings me to another point which somebody raised. Uh, I've come from outside in the public arena. What about this issue, Dr. Mubanga, about uh, 
uh, what do you call it, our clothes. Should I take off my clothes, throw them in the washing basket, or straight into the washer? What, what's your comment on that? For most people, you won't need to do that. Okay. The clothing itself doesn't hold the virus as well as, as um, smooth surfaces do. Now, if you're someone in my scenario who I come in contact with sick people all day, the first thing mm-hmm. I do when I get home is I take my clothes off and I, you know, I change. But for someone who is out in the community, you're not um, giving a lot of hugs to other people. You just went to the grocery store. You came back. There really is no need to change your clothes. Washing your hands is going to be the most important step. Okay. So what, from, from what you're saying to all of us here, we all need to get it into our heads that washing of hands is critical. Yes. Okay. All right. I think on the issue of washing of hands here, let, 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 let me go to... <laughs> Let me go to 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 uh, let me go to Florida. I think Matilda had the question on that. Matilda. Good morning, Dr. Mwanga. Good morning, um, Nathan, and everybody else listening. Thank you so much for coming on the show to um, help us, the uh, Mister. Hey. <laughs> we want to unlock the myths um, that people have concerning the coronavirus. Um, some of the information that is circulating includes homemade home remedies and so on. And one interesting one that I heard recently was using, um, this is a two-part question, using uh, water salt solution. Um, instead of sanitizers, can is that something that is there any science in that? And the main question I wanted to ask concerning the sanitizer was: Is uh, using hand soap the same as using um, sanitizers, or vice versa? Very Thank good you. question. Um, so, with the 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 salt question, there hasn't been any um, scientific evidence to support that that is better than hand sanitizer. Salt can also um, dry out the skin as well. So because it hasn't been studied, I would recommend using hand sanitizer or soap and water. And so to the second part of your question, soap and water is just as effective, but you have to wash your hands thoroughly. When you do it, you wash your hands, scrubbing on the front and the back, between the fingers, underneath the fingernails, for 20 seconds. So um, for us here in Wisconsin, we sing the happy birthday song or row, row, row your boat twice, and you know that you're done. (laughs) But washing with soap and water is just as appropriate as washing or um, using hand sanitizer. You don't need to have soap that says antibacterial on it. Mm-hmm. Antibacterial does not fight this virus. So any soap is fine. Okay. 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 That's good. Um, the other question with um, um, the virus, uh, Nathan touched a bit on this on how long the virus stays in the air. Uh, what about for those who are handling the disease, how long does the virus stay on the body, and can it be transferred? So that's a, very good, mm-hmm. that's a very good question as well. So the virus does require someone to be um, fairly alive in order for it to continue to, to live. The virus lives inside of ourselves. Now, handling a deceased body, there's still going to be a lot of virus there. I haven't seen any research that shows how long, but anyone that has passed on is considered still contagious in the realm of if you touch that body, you need to assume that that body has the virus on it. Mm -hmm. So for our medical personnel, anyone that has passed on, you still have to wear a gown and gloves and a mask so that we don't contaminate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay, that's good. That's good. Everybody listening, the purpose of Dr. Muranga is here is to demystify anything surrounding the coronavirus. We are asking the basic elementary questions, okay? That's why she's here. Let's go. Roger, please go ahead. Yes, uh, Dr. Muranga, welcome. This is Roger in Canada. I have three questions. I hope you're not going to forget them. The first question, I think you attached to it, uh, is um, why do you think it is so contagious? Uh, because when we explain the epidemic and the pandemic, uh, so these epidemics, they are localized, and some of them, they may be airborne, but they don't go as far as this thing has gone. Why do you think this, why is it so contagious? That is number one. You are a medical uh, professional. My wife is uh, a registered nurse. I'm insisting when she comes home, she go takes a bath. Uh, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> and then <laughs> the last thing is, why do you think Italy is having the highest mortality uh, so far? Uh, why only one country uh, this bad? Those are my questions. Sure. Those are very great questions, and let me try to um, address those as well as, as best I can. So your first question was about why is it so contagious? Well, yes. the, the coronavirus is actually very similar to a lot of different what we call respiratory, meaning the, the lungs, the nose, the mouth viruses. Mm -hmm. The challenge has been is that most of us don't cover our cough. We don't always wash our hands after we sneeze or before we eat or drink. And so cold germs tend to spread really fast. Think about your own family. If someone has a cold, most of the time, at least half of you come down with a runny nose or a sore throat. Yeah. So colds themselves are very contagious. Coronavirus yeah. acts very similar. The other challenge is that it can take up to 14 days to know if you have the virus once you've been exposed. But even during wow. that time, before you have any symptoms, you can also spread it on to the next person that you care about. You give a hug, you give a handshake, you know, you, you kiss your family members. All of that then spreads the virus on. So, yes, it is very contagious. But it's contagious, and I think this kind of addresses your third question, too. It's, it's contagious because of how we act culturally. With, with Italy's situation, Italian culture relies a lot on touch. There are a lot of hugs. There are, there's a lot of family that's involved. And family is not, you know, calling somebody on the phone. It's going to visit them. Every time you have that contact, that virus spreads. And that's how Italy had such a challenge, and I think the United States is having a problem with that as well, is that it was too late before we restricted some of that movement, before we said, hey, wait a minute, anytime you go and you touch your loved one, if we're not careful, you may have spread the virus. Hmm. So... And, and to address your second question about your, your wife, the nurse, um, should she take a bath? I at least recommend that she would really do a great job of cleaning any part of her that's normally exposed. So that would be her hands all the way up to beyond her elbows and anywhere else she may have touched. The easiest way to do that would be a bath. But it's not always um, as, as easy to do that right away when you walk in at home. But absolutely, the, the most you can do, uh, the best you can do is washing. So if she can take a bath, rinse all of that off of her, she knows when she's done, everything's rinsed down the drain and she's ready to go. Hmm. So I'm right. Uh, she tells me I'm a theory. I'm a theory. If she can't go and take a bath, 
at least washing her hands. And this is what I do when I come home, too. I put my mm-hmm. soap all the way up and above my elbows. It's not just my hands, but that's because I come in contact with a lot of patients. I don't think everybody right. needs to do this. But if you're in the healthcare field, if you have to touch a lot of people because it's your job, right. then I recommend doing a more thorough cleaning. Hmm. That is uh, not to say, Dr. Mwanga, you um uh, what 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 should I say? Should, we should be running away from you people. I think you have become our our heroes uh, of today. Uh, like Nathan, when we were starting uh, the show, uh, this thing has not left anybody. Um, as a people, sometimes we've relied on our military to do our work. We've relied on our arms to do our work. But this time around, it is people like you who have stepped up. So... Uh, gratitude to you guys. We, we I, I, that's all we can say, I guess. Well, well, thank you. And and really, as a healthcare provider, the number one thing that we ask of other people is to take care of themselves because it makes our job much easier. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, we continue our discussion here. I don't know if other people have got other questions. Press one on your phone keypad so that I know that you have a question for Dr. Muganga as we demystify the the COVID-19. How are are the symptoms of the coronavirus, Dr. Muganga, different from those we associate with typical common cold or season flu? That's also a good question, and we're starting to learn more and more about it, but Coronavirus is what we call a lower respiratory infection. So there's a difference between our upper respiratory system, which is our nose, our mouth, our throat, and the lower, which is the lungs. Coronavirus typically affects mainly the lungs. So the Mm -hmm. symptoms you'll have are typically more of a dry cough, feeling short of breath. Not as much of the runny nose, the sore throat, the stuffy nose. All of that is not as common with coronavirus. Like other viruses like influenza or the flu, you can get a headache, body aches. We're also starting to see diarrhea as a symptom. Not everyone is getting it, but that's typically a diarrhea with a fever is something that we start to get concerned about in in the medical side of things. Okay. That that's interesting that you say that. Let me take you back to the to the fourteen days uh period that you addressed or referred to. So how how, how did uh, so how does the 14, how significant is the fourteen days? Can't that happen within seven days, six days, ten days? What's the significance of 14 days? So after an exposure to the virus, everyone's Uh body is slightly different. Some people may start to show symptoms within the first four or five days. But it can take for some people up to 14 days to show symptoms. And that's why we use the 14 day for quarantine, right? To see if you're going to show symptoms. If you haven't okay. shown symptoms in 14 days, it's very unlikely that you will after 14 days. Mm. Okay. And again, um, like I had mentioned before, the, the key to the 14 days is even before you start to show symptoms, if you are infected, you may start to shed and, and spread the virus. Interesting. Okay. So what do people need to know to protect themselves and avoid getting sick? Really, it's the same thing that we talk about for colds and for the flu. Uh-huh. You, you're going to want to listen to your local government. If there is a stay-at-home order in place, there's a reason for it. So please pay attention to that. A stay-at-home order is typically recommended when the virus starts to show up in higher numbers. That's when you're going to be more likely 
to catch the virus and to spread it because it's more common. Mm. Like I mentioned before, hand washing is really, really important, particularly before you eat, you drink, or you touch your face, your mouth, your eyes, or your nose. If you're sick or you're concerned about being sick, you think you may have been exposed to somebody, please, please, please don't go over to your mom or your grandma's house. They are going to be the most vulnerable. We need to remember that we have to protect our loved ones as well. And sometimes that means choosing not to see them and not to hug them when you see them, even if that's what Mm -hmm. you normally do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, telling these black people not to hug themselves is like... uh, um, It, it, it is, and you know, I'm I'm a hugger too, and I love my parents, and I will not hug them because of this. When it's Excellent. all done, I'll give them all the hugs I can. But right now, <laughs> if I knew that my hug killed my parents, oh I my goodness, with. no, no, you couldn't live with that. Nobody can live with that. You mentioned grandparents and older people, parents. Uh, We've also heard many reports about this. Why are the older people uh, most vulnerable? What's the issue there? And there are people with certain conditions, I believe, are also most vulnerable. Uh, Could you address that? Yeah. So anytime that we have certain types of infections, Mm. the most vulnerable are usually the old and the young because of their immune systems, which aren't as strong, as well as people who have certain underlying medical conditions like diabetes, heart disease, or are on any kind of medications that make their immune system weaker. Mm -hmm. For some reason, coronavirus has been a little different than most of the viruses we see. We're not seeing as much severe cases in the young, the way we normally do with the flu. However, in our older population, they're the ones that are getting hit the hardest. They're also having more of the complications from the virus. The most severe complication, which is what has been all over the news, is something called acute respiratory distress syndrome. And that's when there gets to be almost a fluid buildup in the lungs that makes it harder for the the oxygen and the air we breathe to get into the blood. And that's when we have to have somebody on a respirator where we're pushing more air and more oxygen for them to try to keep them alive while their their body heals from the damage caused by the virus. Okay. There is this myth as well, or this belief or this theory going around that if you, you know, the supplements or vitamins that people take or anything that strengthens your immune system, would that, would that, would that keep anyone or protect anybody from contracting the virus? So it, it won't prevent you from contracting the virus. If you get a virus, you get a virus. However, oh. if you are not very good about staying up on your vitamins because you don't eat very well, right? You're always eating fast food. You don't eat fruits and vegetables during your day. I would recommend that you start a multivitamin. Some people like to add vitamin C. Now, don't go crazy with vitamin C. Vitamin C, one a day, two a day at most. If you go more than that, the only thing that's going to happen is it's going to be peed right out in your urine, and you'll flush it down the toilet. So it's going to be a waste of your money. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's still good to get plenty of rest. Make sure that you stay hydrated. The same things that we do for a cold. But once you catch the virus, it's there. It won't keep you from catching it. It may help you fight it off a little bit better. But really, there's not a lot of evidence that shows one supplement is going to be better than another. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is, can we, if somebody is infected with the virus, can they pass it on to their pet, cat, dog? 
Right now, it does not look like cats and dogs get infected. They do feel that coronavirus came from bats, mm. originally China. A lot of the viruses that come out and tend to um, create a pandemic are oftentimes started in animals and then transmitted to humans. So if you recall the swine flu from a couple years ago. Yes. Uh, and then the avian flu, if you remember, from China had a problem with that. A lot of them came from that. But right now your dogs and cats are not considered um, contagious or even able to be infected by the virus. Okay. Because that's another myth going around that uh, if you've got pets around the house, keep them away from yourself and uh, stuff like that. And, you know, cats, lock them away. I heard some people having that discussion, and, and I said to myself, hmm, okay, I'll ask Dr. Muranga that question and, and hear what she, 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 she was going to say upon, on, on that one. If a person has a pneumonia vac vaccine, will they be safe against the coronavirus? No, the pneumonia shot only protects against one type of pneumonia, and it's, it's a completely different infection. Now, it's still really important to stay up on your vaccinations because the last thing you want to do is get coronavirus and then get the pneumococcal pneumonia on top of it. So it will not affect coronavirus, but it can help protect you against some of the other things you can get, even if you also get coronavirus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The, the other question I wanted to, to, to raise, uh, Dr. Mwanga, without putting you in a position to sort of speak to some policy issues being addressed, by our leaders at national level when they hold press conferences about this. Where do you think the notion of chloroquine combating this came from? So there was a very, very small study done, and I want to say it was done in China, comparing okay. groups of 15 people, 15 without chloroquine and 15 with, and I want to say it was hydroxychloroquine. Oh. Um, and one of the, um, the top uh, infectious disease specialists here in the United States recently did a talk about this. Um, he had mentioned that in that study, there was actually no statistical difference between each group. The ones that had hydroxychloroquine and the ones that had no intervention but he did also mm -hmm. notice that there were more side effects with people who took the hydroxychloroquine than not. So at this time, there is actually no evidence that shows that this helps at all. Unfortunately, we've had people who have taken this information and run wild with it, right? Because we always think more is better and yeah. have died from poisoning from oh. chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. So, Please don't make the treatment worse than the disease. And if the treatment is not shown to work, let's not use it. There are people who need these medicines for other conditions. And if it's not helping and could potentially cause harm, I strongly recommend against using chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. What is, I hear you saying chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. What's it? There are two different chloroquines? There are two different chloroquines. They're used for different things. Um, hydroxychloroquine is also used for people with certain um, autoimmune diseases as well. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that type of chloroquine we use in Zambia, Roger, which makes you itchy and nauseated and all that kind of thing. And uh, that, that's crazy chloroquine. So that's why I was thinking to myself, I mean, just as a person who has used chloroquine when I had malaria, I'm saying to myself, can certain people really stand the effects of chloroquine if they take it? it, it again, it just it hasn't shown to be beneficial at all. It does not prevent 
catching coronavirus. They were trying to look at it to see if it lowered your risk of having that severe complication from coronavirus, Uh and there's no evidence that it does. So because it can give you all of those side effects like you described, right, and in higher doses can cause death, I recommend Mm. we don't use it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's best you stay away from it. Because one time I had malaria when I was young and I was given chloroquine. I almost ran crazy. Mm. So yep. continuing our discussion, uh, my colleagues who have called in don't have any questions. They, I think they are listening. Uh, if you have a question, please press 1. And uh, if you have any more questions, Roger, please feel free to jump in and everybody who has called in. Dr. Muganga, can one have coronavirus and not know it? and somewhat recover from it. Yes, absolutely, and so that's part of the problem. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you can have coronavirus and not know it and spread it mm-hmm. and then fully recover. Mm. <laughs> so it's just really important to, Again, this is where I mentioned about staying away from your family members and especially your older family members, avoiding yes. giving hugs because even if you don't have, don't know that you have it and you spread it, you don't want to be the reason that it went to that person that you love. Okay. Okay. That's very important. Let's let's uh, let's let's listen to those instructions, Dr. Casonzo. Did you have a question? Uh, no, I'm just enjoying listening. Enjoying yeah. about it. She's doing a good yeah, job. Dr. Mwanga, Roger here again. Uh, on the development of uh, medicines, why does it take this uh, long? Like 18, one month and uh, six mm. months? Yeah, why does it take this long? For medications, especially for viruses, is very difficult. Viruses act by living inside of ourselves and they depend on our bodies to make more of them. They use our bodies um, tools to make more of themselves. Mm -hmm. The challenge is the stuff that we feel is not truly the virus itself, but it's all the destruction that the virus causes and it's our body's defenses, sometimes overacting, overreacting to the virus itself. Unlike bacteria, where we can target just them, right, bacteria can live on by themselves. They're outside of ourselves. They're much easier to target. They're much easier to make a medicine for. Mm-hmm. Viruses, on the other hand, if you look how long it took us to get a treatment for HIV and how difficult it is to treat even the flu, the medicines we use for the flu don't cure the flu. All they do is possibly slow down your course, shorten your course by a couple days. But we rely on our immune system to clear out the infection. It looks like the medicines that we're moving forward to try to look into are the ones that once you've caught the virus, how do we keep it from getting these, these bad, the severe effects from the virus? The challenge has been most of the stuff that we usually use, things like ibuprofen or prednisone, which is a steroid, have actually mm-hmm. been shown to make it worse. So it's got us as medical professionals scratching our heads saying, okay, well, some of the stuff we used to use really isn't there. Now we've got to really think outside the box. So this is going to be more of a brand new approach. We can't draw on what we've already known. I know they're working on vaccines, but vaccines themselves take a long time to manufacture. And a vaccine is a prevention. It's not a treatment once you've already had it. With how fast the coronavirus is spreading, it's going to be very hard to generate a vaccine that's been tested and shown to be effective and to make it in enough numbers to get it to where it needs to go to get it to people in time if we can't slow the spread from how quickly it's spreading right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, that's a good question that you've raised, Roger, because in, in the circumstances that we're in, in this pandemic condition, and then 
when you listen to the news conferences, Dr. Mugangare are saying nine months to one year. So you say to yourself, oh, wow. Uh, you wonder how, how we, we're going to get through this. Please address and emphasize, emphasize the, the importance and significance of the social distancing. Because here I am looking at some people doing things, and, I mean, they're just too close to each other, and I'm saying to myself, come on, people, this is a very simple instruction. Six feet, is that six feet, you know? Please emphasize the importance of social distancing. Yes, and, and again, as I've kind of mentioned throughout today, is, is the most important thing is to try to slow or prevent the spread. And it's social distancing that helps do that because it is so easily transmitted, right? Because mm -hmm. we like, humans were designed to touch each other, right? To give hugs, to yes. give handshakes. It's hard for us to take that part away. But again, if we start to think differently, if we change how we view ourselves, mm -hmm. look at yourself as someone who is infected, but I don't know it. Instead of thinking, oh, how do I not catch it? I want you to imagine that you already have it, and how do I not spread it? When we change the way we think, it makes us less selfish. Well, oh, That's my true. friends don't have it, so I can go around them and I can give them a hug because I won't get it from them. Well, but what if I give it to them? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why that's social it. distancing is so important. It's so important so that we don't hurt our families, we don't hurt our friends, the ones that we love, and we don't hurt ourselves. Most of us that have kids who depend on us, we don't want to be on a respirator. Even young people are on respirators. Although it's much less common than people over the age of 65, it still happens. That's interesting. That is very, very serious. So if somebody contracts the coronavirus, when can they return to work or usual duties? Every job is going to be different. The, the CDC here in the United States currently recommends that you have to have um, all of the following criteria met. First of all, it has to be at least seven days from the first symptom that you had, that cough, the fever, the diarrhea. So if it's, it has to be seven days from that time. You also have to have... So when you say seven sure. days, Dr. Mwanga, are you talking about after the 14 days? So 14 days are the quarantine. Those are for people who have been around somebody who had mm. coronavirus. Yes. but don't have any symptoms. Okay. If you have been around somebody and have no symptoms for 14 days, you can go back to work. All right. Now, if you're around somebody who has coronavirus, or if you're not, and you start having symptoms of coronavirus, you've got fevers, chills, diarrhea, cough, and it's concerning for coronavirus, then you have to wait at least seven days from your first symptom, and you have to be at least three days without any fevers, without using any um, fever-reducing medicine, and your symptoms have to be improving. So there's a lot of different things, and the CDC has a website that has all of this information on it. And it's something that most um, doctor's offices have all this information as well. It's something we share with our patients all the time. But you mm -hmm. have to do all of those things before you can go back to work. Okay. That is important. Matilda, you had a follow-up question? Rodney has a question. I have a question. What if you're the at-risk group that has respiratory issues and you're in the workplace, what's the recommended time you should be away from the workplace for that? Or is it during this whole duration? That's a very good question. Um, and I think that's one to definitely discuss with your personal doctor. There are a lot of 
people who have are, are in a higher risk group, but they're in a lower risk setting. Say you are able to social distance yourself at work. You can stay six feet away from people and you work in a cubicle and you're not getting in contact with other people. That would be different than, say, I have a patient of mine who works in a doctor's office who has very bad lung condition, and I told mm. her, she has to check in every single patient. I said, no, <laughs> this isn't going to happen because you're at too high of risk. So it really needs to be individualized in scenarios like that. And there are some jobs that are allowing people to work from home to be able to do different things so that they're not at risk of being exposed, especially in, if you're in a high-risk group. Okay. That's good, Rodney. And, and yeah. I know you asked um, how, how, how long to stay away, and my recommendation would be if your doctor recommends that you stay away, you stay away until your local um, infection rate has dropped significantly. Okay. That, that's very important as well to so we'll pay attention to that. Okay. Uh, Pennsylvania, that's the way. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Nathan, and thank you, Dr. Mubanga, for spending time with us and uh, uh, listening to you. Uh, I sense uh, the care you have for the people that uh, you are serving and for the information that you have given us and uh, uh, the way you have observed the things that are going on. And uh, just to give you a background a little bit, uh, I was very... Yama, we don't understand. You. Get to the point. I just want to appreciate you, uh, appreciate you doctors. And uh, the only... Uh, uh, Observing all this, what's going on? Uh, do you have any frustration with uh, either states or countries the way they're responding to uh, uh, this uh, uh, pandemic we have? Um, as a medical professional, absolutely. Because I think, uh, but again, I'm biased, right? My my lens is through protecting the public protecting communities, but I Thank don't you. have a, a political investment. And so my, yes. my personal um, goal, my, my priority is my people mm -hmm. and not the businesses that are being run. It's, it's how to keep people safe. So through the lens I look through, absolutely I'm frustrated, but I understand some of the steps that have been taken. Um, I wish some things would have happened sooner to protect people, but again, we've got to work with what we're given. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate, uh, I, I appreciate the question, Doctor, and uh, that's why I wanted to give you the background because of the experience that I've gone on, uh, I've experienced in my life. That's the reason I posed that question. Thank you, Doctor, and you answering the way uh, I, I sense that the way you are. Thank you for your service, Doctor. Oh, thank you. Uh, as we conclude this discussion, Dr. Mbanga, can a person be reinfected? At this time, it does not look like you can be reinfected. Again, there haven't been enough studies to show, but it looks like just like influenza, if you get one strain of influenza, you're not going to get that mm. same strain again. So at this time, it does not appear you can be reinfected. Okay, so that's why we are getting the... I, I read or saw something about where they are trying to get the plasma of people who recover to use it on those getting reinfected. Is that where that principle is coming from? Yes, that's exactly where it's, it's coming from. A quick Excellent. one, Nathan, here. Yes. I'm mm. seeing uh, a statistic, uh, Dr. Muranga, uh, in Africa, UNICEF, is saying 63% of the people who live in urban areas in sub-Sahara Africa uh, close to 300 million have no ready access to to water, uh, which is uh, the weapon you've given us this morning, washing our hands, washing our hands. And yet we have 63% uh, in sub-Sahara Africa who don't have access to water. What say you? 
so this is where social distancing comes in, mm. as well as using hand sanitizer. So hand sanitizer does not require water to use. But if you don't have access to that either, then really it's social distancing. That's going to be your, your biggest line of protection is to limit your ability to come in contact with the virus itself. That's, 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 that's what's important. Thank you for that. So in this full picture, as we wind up here, Dr. Mwanga, thank you for taking the time. Um, where do the kids fall in this picture? The children. I know that's a very general question. So children themselves aren't showing a lot of infections. Now, they can still get infected, and there are kids that have been put on respirators, although it's very, very, very uncommon. However, Mm -hmm. they tend to be the ones that spread it. Children have a really hard time remembering to wash their hands and before they eat or before they hug or kiss mom or grandma or, or dad or grandpa. And so they've been shown to be the ones that are actually spreading the infection faster. That's why you're going to see a lot of schools closing down. Mm-hmm. Not because it's the kids that are getting sick, but it's the kids that are spreading the germs. Oh. Okay. So the kids, I don't know whether there is this phraseology or terminology applies in this coronavirus carrier. Does that apply in this? Kids can be yeah. carriers. Or, mm-hmm. They can be carriers. They also can get an illness from it, but it's yes. usually very mild. So it seems more like a cold to them than, say, what a 65-year-old would experience with a lot of shortness of breath and possibly needing to go to the hospital. Mm, interesting. Remember, everybody, coming up here in three minutes on top of the hour, uh, Open Forum will continue with the coronavirus panel with a a panel of medical practitioners from across the world, I believe, will be calling into the show to do this. And uh, you are all welcome to join us. Dr. Mwanga, if you are free, those kids in the house are not wondering why mom is on the phone for so long today. (laughs) You can... (laughs) You can join us. I can hear it's quiet. Probably you're still sleeping or you, you've locked yourself somewhere. Uh, yes, I've managed to escape. <laughs> yeah, you had to escape, right? <laughs> so you are free to join us in the next discussion. The part, Today's show, like I said, we have dedicated this to, to the coronavirus, to just to share information with our community and to get ourselves abreast of what is going on. Then also remember everybody, we do have a show on Sunday called Zanus Show, radio show. I think it's 2 p.m. Eastern time. So you can join us with that. Yeah, Dr. Nico, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, uh-huh. it, it, we really appreciate this. And uh, it brings back those memories of our time together in Dallas. Any final <laughs> word for everybody before we go away? Um, no, just take care of yourselves and your families, and let's just hang in there and, and watch this pass. But thank you so much mm. for having me on. I appreciate it. We do appreciate it, and uh, please give our love to Mr. Dawn. <laughs> oh, I will, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. Let's go back in. The coronavirus discussion continues. Like I give me love, oh. Now you the catch in my shot. Oh, oh you say I go go touch. Oh. Hey. We go drive around if I my push. Baby, pana, they say he like you all. I get you all. Baby, pana, anywhere that you go, I go follow you to go. Baby, pana, they say he like cassava. Get 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.